0: Fiona Apple became a homebody after the release of Extraordinary Machine in 2005. The 34-year-old mostly stayed at home watching Turner Classic Movies and occasionally going to Club Largo. Even then, she didn't drive. In fact, she had never driven and did not have a license. Her brother lived in a guest house and would drive her when necessary. When her phone rang with an invitation to an event, she would say, I should go do this because if I don't, then that's really stupid. I'm going to look like a crazy person. As for music, she didn't really listen to much of anything, partially as a way to not influence her own writing. When it came to the burgeoning social media world, she lived on the periphery. Regarding her label, she says, They want me to tweet now, but I don't. It doesn't feel natural to me but I do find it actually more interesting to see people posting ridiculously mundane shit. I like to hear about what other people had for breakfast or what they did all day. It's interesting because I don't know how other people live. Despite her seemingly isolated status, her life was not idle during this period. She would later say this time was one of significant growth and craziness, and that there's a lot of pain that I went through during the making of it. The songs were the stuff that I really needed to get out. This is the excrement of my life. The excrement I was trying to exercise out of me. She had several relationships, including one with filmmaker Jonathan Ames that she told an interviewer were reflected in the songs she was writing. However, that doesn't mean one should assume every song is about a specific person.
3: There's somebody that thinks that the song that I am about to sing is about them. It's not about you. Well, it's not about anybody, but I'm gonna be singing it to the person that gave me this. If you did not give me this, I'm not thinking about you.
0: There isn't a clear point at which the writing of these songs began. Apple said, I really don't like making a thing out of, you know, I'm going to write songs now. She later said, for me, there will always be a little bit of a song around. Like men have to shave their faces if they don't want a beard. It's kind of one of those upkeep things. When it came to label pressure, there would be no whipping cords. The lax approach of Epic Records allowed the time to compose and experiment. She said that if they had told her to put something out, it would make her wanna stop, saying, if people were like, you gotta come out with something, it'd be like telling me to take a shit even if you tell me to, I can't.
3: First what I did was, um, I had bits and pieces of things, you know, and that stay bits and pieces and swirl around in your head forever um, until you see certain bits and pieces, certain phrases seem to like, mass together in one place in your mind and then they kind of form a, a line and then the line makes a concept and you're like, well, that, that, I like that song, but that, that's a song.
0: The recording of this new material was a very casual and easygoing process. Unbeknownst to her label, she had started to record here and there with touring drummer, Charlie Drayton. Drayton has been a session drummer for a long time and his credits include B-52's Love Shack, Divinal's I Touch Myself, as well as playing with the Rolling Stones, Simon and Garfunkel, Neil Young, he plays bass on the SNL performance of Rockin' in the Free World, and many more. When asked by Black Book Magazine when the recording sessions began, Apple remarked, It must have started in 2008 or 2009. I don't know. I have no idea. It's weird to think that there was 2008, 2009, 2010, 2011. Where have I been? What was I doing? What was that year about? It may be difficult to recall the process for Apple because of how informal it was. She and Drayton would just record random sounds when they had the time. After doing some field recordings at a bottle factory with Drayton, it dawned on Fiona that this was the sound of this album. The bare nature of the recordings was not because they were demos of songs, they were the songs. I wanted to make everything as stark as possible, so you could hear everything, she said. Fiona Apple is an artist who hears the sounds of the world around her, and this album would reflect that intuition and empathy. The concept behind the title of the record was the idea of being still in the middle of everything else, but being able to feel everything. The liner notes for the album would identify Feedy, Fiona, and Seedy, Charlie Drayton, as playing everything from piano, celeste, timpani, and guitar to truck stomping, thigh slapping, and pillow. Apparently at the home of ex-boyfriend, magician David Blaine, they threw rocks down a garbage chute, a water bottle down a staircase, and banged on a giant water tank Blaine used for drowning tricks. Joining Drayton and Apple was Sebastian Steinberg, ex-Soul Coughing bassist, who played acoustic bass and harmony guitar on the album and would be part of her touring band. According to Drayton, there isn't a single electric instrument on it. The entire recording is acoustic. Epic Records was finally told that Apple was recording an album in 2011 after the recording was finished similar to extraordinary machine they did ask if perhaps another song couldn't be added that might be a hit but this time after telling them no they accepted this and were ready to release but as it turned out apple may not have been her manager andy slater remember him told her to wait as epic was going through a restructuring and he was worried the album would be lost in the shuffle Also, the time of year it would be released was not good for touring. They sat on the finished album, again, for a year. So much so that during a concert with John Bryan in L.A., Apple said, I can't remember any of my new songs because they've been done for a fucking year. When it was finally released in June of 2012, the cover was a hand-drawn piece by Apple and the title came from a poem.
3: I did not know that it was going to be a poem until the last minute. It's just how it worked out. And I was like, um, man, I'm going to get made fun of probably. You wrote this poem? Yeah. I wrote it in the three minutes that I had after staying up all night knowing that I had to have a title for the record by the next day.
0: As for the meaning of the poem, the first line is, The idler wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw. Fiona sees the idler wheel as being a gear that seemingly is doing nothing, while the driver of the screw does everything. But in her estimation, the idler wheel is there and has this great effect on what the gears do. The idler wheel knows the machine much better than just this one thing that's performing this one task. The second part of the poem is, whipping cords will serve you more than ropes will ever do. Whipping cords are cords used to repair frayed ropes in boating nautical metaphors anyone this part of the poem to her means that while things might happen in your life to hurt you it's about learning to cope with those things you're gonna get punched and blown around she says what's valuable is to know how to make something out of that the album became her biggest debut yet landing at number three on the Billboard charts in its first week what was the number one song in America that summer week in 2012 it was Gautier's Somebody That I Used To Know, soon to be replaced by Call Me Maybe by Carly Rae Jepson. It would be nominated for Best Alternative Album at the Grammys in 2013, and was named the Best Album of 2012 by Time Magazine, Stereo Gum, and NPR Music's Fresh Air. In 2019, the album was included in The Guardian's 100 Best Albums of the 21st Century list, and ranked fifth on Pitchfork's list of the 200 best albums of the 2010s. In 2020, Rolling Stone placed it as the 213th best album of all time. The album is in some ways a turning point in the life of Apple. She was no longer the young wonderkind, nor the troubled artist that struggled with label conflict. If there is one theme of the album, it's growing up and being content with one's life, feeling everything around yourself fully, One advantage, she says, to making four albums in 16 years is that they become like autobiographies, each record dividing one phase of life from the next. For this one, it's indicative of her own place in her life in 2011.
3: Yeah, I mean, I'm there in the sense that, I must say that it's not like I figured things out. I think I figured out the most important thing, and I don't want to make this sound negative, (laughs) <laughs> at all, but in the best way possible, I freaking give up. I give up. You can't. You can't try to make your life perfect. Just, I'm just trying to have a good time, and I'm just trying to appreciate the things that I have around me. I, I give up on the dream, dream. I think that every day it's all a dream. I think it's all wonderful and terrible, and I, I give up in the nicest way. <laughs>
0: They don't all have to sound triumphant at the end, right?
2: <laughs> I, I have a hard time, by the way, when we do those, when you're coming out of it, to not do like the radio voice thing of being like, and that was Fiona Apple. With,
0: <laughs> <laughs> with her new smash hit, where uh, we're, we're back. Uh... Welcome to Discographology, the podcast where we shoot hot piss from our mouths every <laughs> time we address you. Welcome. Took me off guard. I, I'm Blake, and did you shoot hot piss from your mouth?
2: I had a drink of, of soda at the time, and about did, yeah.
0: Okay. I'm Blake. We're more of that. Here to do some discography on Fiona Apple's fourth album. The idler wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw, but whipping cords will serve you more than ropes will ever do. Hope I got that right. So as always, the first question we ask is, did we know the album previously, and did we listen in any special way? um i'll go first and say this is the only fiona apple album i had not heard and had no relationship with i did as soon as i dug into it i realized okay i've heard every single night before i had heard that one i'd heard my wife play it and it was a single i think i had heard hot knife and thought it was weird uh but other than that this was that all i said was weird this was new to me, so I only had two weeks to listen to this Fiona Apple album. The other ones I had years to dwell on, so this is a completely different experience for me. Um, and we'll, you know, we'll get to my, my feelings on only having two weeks to to really get into it. But um, as far as how I listened, as I mentioned last episode, my my wife Jess uh, purchased the Idler Wheel on vinyl uh, when it came out in 2012 um so uh it's it's a nice little collector's piece um so I listened to that it was it was a little bit noisy, but underneath some of that surface noise uh it it actually sounded pretty good uh the pressing i th- i think it feels like it's a 180 i it didn't have any of the the hype stuff on it anymore obviously did did vinyl me please does anyone know actually uh did they repress the idler wheel as well
2: they pressed it I don't know if it's like a a different master or anything though. But it, okay. they did release a version of it, yeah.
0: Gotcha. Cause I know it, yeah, it, it had been unavailable forever. Anyway, I, I did not ever own this one on CD, so other than just the vinyl, I, it was uh it was streaming for me. But um Josh, you had so, you heard this previously. Yeah,
2: I think I'm the most uh I'm the one that knows this album better than anybody else here, which is a surprise. Damn. Because uh, I bought this the day it came out. I I, kind of, I guess I'm speaking for everybody else, but I'm assuming. Uh, because I yeah I bought it the day it came out on CD at CD Warehouse it's kind of forever associated in my mind with a trip I took because I bought it and then I think I was immediately that day or the day after going on a trip to Kansas City which for listeners is about three and a half hours from where we are and uh, on the way listened to it um, and this was a trip to go to like a Civil War thing, conference training thing. And I just, I, I was excited. Yeah. I was excited about this conference and <laughs> pumped. I, so- <laughs> I was, cause it was, it was, it was, it was going to be cool. I was going to learn a Freaking lot of things. Nerd. It was about the border conflict. They'd sent me a bunch of books ahead of time that I had. So it was, I was actually really excited about it. And there's also something cool about going on a trip by yourself. I don't know if anybody else feels that way, but going on a trip by yourself feels different than when you go uh, with other people. Like there's I've been a kind some, of yeah, I've been I've I've done that. I like it. Yeah, it's there's something nice about it. Yeah, I like it too. And so I remember driving up listening to this album and at the time being like, this is weird. <laughs> and and it <laughs> yeah. taking a while to get acclimated to it. So yeah, it took me a little while to get into it on that trip. And I I will honestly say I may have listened to it. Got into it that year, and then it's it's not one that often comes up on my radar. Like, I gotta pull this one back out and throw it on. So, it's it's been a little bit before I've listened to it uh, all the way through. But yeah, this time listened through on my my CD. But that's that's my kind of history with it. Um, what about you, Matt?
4: I was uh, like Blake, uh, completely uh, new to this album. I was unaware even that that this album came out I I really wasn't I wasn't following music as much in in uh, 2012 Uh, about six months after this album came out um, that was when I took my solo trip out to California Uh, but I was you know really getting into podcasts at that time so i nice didn't uh, didn't didn't have this to listen to but uh, yeah so I I have since starting to listen to this about two weeks ago I, I have listened to it uh, quite a bit, and um, can see why it, it uh, you know would have would have made a splash um, when it came out, and you know it was was really kind of a big departure from from her previous work. So so yeah, I, I uh, you know put it on in headphones and was doing you know just sat and listened or was uh, doing all sorts of things um, as I went through this. So I, I couldn't put it down. Uh, just to kind of give you a preview nice. of <laughs> uh, of okay, where where cool. I was at with it.
1: Yeah, so I didn't have any knowledge or information on it. I've never listened to it. So it was a completely new experience, and I mostly listened with earbuds and listening to in the car and then listened to on some uh, studio monitors. So that's how I listened. All right, so no, <laughs> no previous listens except
0: for Josh. Got it. Yep. We're mostly going into this one. With no information. Okay, so straight into it. The first track is called Every Single Night. That's
5: where the pain comes in, like a second skeleton, trying to fit beneath the skin. I can't fit the fear.
0: Every Single Night was the first single. Uh, It's about Fiona's struggles with anxiety and staying awake at night. Uh, She's struggled with sleeping all her life, and she told Vulture in 2012 uh, she often sleeps on an air mattress in her backyard with her dog rather than her bed. Uh, And she says the line in the song, I just want to feel everything is connected to the overall theme of the, the album of being connected to the world around yourself. Uh, It features a Celesta. Is it Celeste or Celesta? What's this instrument called? I don't know how to say it. Celeste or Celesta. Anyway, it's the small, upright, piano-like instrument um, that you'll hear on songs like Stooges' Penetration. and I was more familiar with Sunday Morning by The Velvet Underground. Um, Very very recognizable sound there. Uh, The song also has a marimba on it. It's got a music video. Let's see. It's directed by childhood friend and filmmaker Joseph uh, Cahill. He shot Fiona in Paris, covered in snails, feeding an alligator, uh, wearing an octopus for a hat. (laughs) Uh, It's got the whole damn zoo in this. Uh, Rolling Stone said it's sort of like her breakthrough video for 96's Criminal if it took place at a wildlife preserve instead of a seedy house party. The snails were uh, Apple's idea. She used to put snails on her arms as a kid, whereas the other stuff was Cahill's doing at her request to put me in situations and surprise me. Uh, And side note, while they were shooting, Cahill was making a movie called H-Man and he cast Apple in a bit part that he shot at the same time. She didn't even see any of the other actors and Cahill told an interviewer, It's like the relationship of George Lucas with Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) She she never met any of the other actors. Oh. Fiona Apple is my Jar Jar Binks. I like to think so. That's an insane thing to say. That was my
2: favorite quote I found. Yeah, uh, that's a weird research, one. Yeah.
0: Um, okay, sure. I've never seen that. Um, interesting facts about sampling this song. Panic at the Disco, everyone's favorite band, wanted to sample the hook of this song for their song called Miss Jackson in 2013, but Apple refused. Um, it pissed off the band so much they considered renaming the song bad apple come on guys <laughs> um, and instead they ended up using a knockoff sound alike of the vocal sound for their song i have okay i have a clip here and i i, I, I did go in and and check this out and i was not impressed All right, I'm going to stop you right there, panic the disco. <laughs> That's it's. I would I would call that a bit boring and uninspired. Compare comparatively. I mean, imagine being so sort of creatively bankrupt that when you when a sample falls through, you you create this pale comparison of the sample anyway. Um, additionally, uh, the Lil Nas X song before before he became famous song called kim jong samples the uh the part where she sings i just want to feel everything Um, Mm. and he did not he didn't get permission he just went ahead and did it on the song though i love the vocal melodies throughout i think that's maybe its strongest part um i love when the gang vocals come in the group vocal melody is uh is great and i love how it's how she uses that same group vocal melody in a different way over the post-chorus progression uh, the, in a in a quieter way, it's hard to describe. It's just really cool how that carries over, uh, and I think it has great lyrics. To me, it, it's a top tier top tier song on the album, Ca- kind of a no no brainer. And I'll note um, the song ends with a long ring out, which um, so on this previously she's had a lot of songs that end with long instrumental, kind of John Bryan, um, uh, what do you call it, indulgent jams at the end
2: mm-hmm. instead of
0: that on this album there are like really long note ring outs i feel like that replaces them but yeah top tier for me
2: well welcome to fiona apple the asmr album so <laughs> 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 i'm going to call it uh i i by the way blake i feel like Billie eilish had to have some inspiration here because even though she was like 10 years old when this came out uh, like it just the way it's it is that ASMR that like quiet yeah the whisper know, every sound, that's a very that's what she kind of does uh so similar to the last album extraordinary machine we start with this bare bones recording however unlike that album this is not an aberration from the sound of the album like that one that's not how that album sounded. That was sort of an oddity. This one though, this is definitely a sign of what's to come. Um, Also, whereas Extraordinary Machine, the song can kind of be read, I think as a little twee or precious as we talked about it. This song really has none of that. Um, This album overall doesn't really have that feeling. I feel like Uh, there's some sparse piano chords and subtle brush snare that adds texture. And then you have this, Typical to her Fiona Apple vocal tour de force. I mean, it's bordering on acapella at times. Her voice just carries the song, um, including the main hook. But I will admit this isn't the first Fiona song I would go to if I was just like chilling and wanted some background music. It's it's a challenging song uh, for sure. Overall, I, I think I enjoy it, but it takes some getting used to. It's, it's not a conventional pop hook or structure. I really do like the lyrics as well, Blake, the sort of apt description of anxiety mm-hmm. and laying awake in bed. But overall, this one, while I really do like it for the most part, I would not necessarily say it's my top tier of this album, uh, but it's somewhere kind of, I don't know, upper middle for me. Okay. Oh, I should also note it is by far the most played song on this album on Spotify, and it's her eighth most played overall on Spotify. Not shocked yeah matt how do you feel about every single night
4: uh it definitely you know kind of sets the table for for what we're gonna have uh the the meal that we're all gonna choke on uh with with this record (laughs) this this song sets the table um doing some checking uh i'm pronouncing it celesta and and i was checking you know reading up on this earlier and and the thing that finally uh, clicked for me is that it's it's called a bell piano, so it's it's a keyboard, but it's mm-hmm. playing it's playing metal bells instead of strings, and that gives it that really kind yeah. of dreamy, you know, kind of childlike quality. Uh, Blake, you, you mentioned um, how they she kind of repeats that they, the the uh, the whoa whoa. Th- melodic theme over those quieter yeah. chords. I-, I noticed that as well. Just really, you know, really interesting. You know, skilled songwriting and and just you know, melodic and-, and harmony construction. Um, w- would we call this a millennial woe? Uh, it- it's probably the the uh, a-, a good example or you know a, a well utilized example. Um, I-, I don't know if you guys have you know
2: are you talking about that trope and some yeah. the anthemic kind of whoa I, I don't oh. think she's doing that at yeah, all. Yeah it's <laughs> it's
4: it's that it's that device but done you know really well and interestingly here. You know it, it, obviously you know being Fiona Apple and uh at, at the top of her game, you know, she 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 employs that that really well. Um I kind of get like and this is this is kind of with the album uh overall you know I'd be curious to know if she was in any kind of like concert band in high school you know josh i know you you at one point mentioned that uh you know s- listening to Souf John Stevens is kind of like grown up grown up <laughs> high school Goddammit. concert band uh, you know yeah people and, and and i feel like there there's elements of this uh here as well and then uh the first of of several um nine inch nails of all things things that I remind of, you know whenever I hear the uh I just want to feel everything. I think of the the line from uh, "I do not want this." That's uh, yes. I, I, <laughs> I want to know everything. I, I want to feel everyone. I want to fuck everyone in the world. Yeah. I want to do something that matters. And and I think this record matters.
0: Yeah, there there's there are comparisons to be made on this album.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. So I th- I thought it was very interesting lyrically. I thought that was probably the strongest aspect of the song, in my opinion. I like the chanting part that. We're all talking about. It's another low key intro. I don't know. I, f- I feel like there isn't much for me to connect with or grab onto necessarily. Musically, it doesn't really do a whole lot for me. It's kind of fine, Ona, in my book. Uh, like I said, the the lyrics are good. Uh, it grew on me a little bit, though. It I like it better than the extraordinary machine opener. And after letting it grow on me for a little bit, it kind of came up to mid tier. So I. I do think after several several listens, it, it did start to grow on me, but it took a long time.
2: It's a grower, Fair not enough. a shower. I, I feel
1: that
0: way about... <laughs> I think we've said that about Nooneless <laughs> artists before, but yeah. I do feel the same way about most of the album. Okay, then. If we're ready, uh, track two, Daredevil
5: the drag, I want them all in my bag. Oh, give me anything, and I'll turn it into a gift. But don't let me ruin me. I make a shapel
0: wrong. So that percussive sound you hear right from the beginning is uh Charlie and Fiona or CD and Feedy, as the liner notes put it, slapping their thighs. Uh, and the liner notes will tell you that they play the thighs. Um, apparently, Josh's theory is that this song is about magician and daredevil David Blaine. I, I don't know if that's I a joke.
2: One one part, I will talk about it
0: later. All right, I'll, I'll let you do it. My okay. theory, uh, we, no, when it's your turn, I'll let you talk about it. I said, okay. Okay, <laughs> I thought you were about to launch it. No, something. no, no, no. Um, my theory <laughs> is that it's, this song is more like an answer to the song extraordinary machine where that that song is like it's like do whatever you want to me i will withstand it this this song says don't let me ruin me i may need a chaperone like don't trust me i'm gonna destroy myself i i may need somebody to help me here uh i do like that kind of response or mirror of extraordinary machine uh, all those seven years later. Uh, it's a it's another really, really quick 6'8 song. Um, it's still so far on this album. We've heard no traditional drums. Uh, so by this time, we're like, well, are, are there going to be any? There is lots of timpani, though. She starts to bring out the powerful growl vocals, which Hell is yeah. an apple staple that I really like. On this song, it's on the bridge. But I, I really like when she lets out a growl. I think she's really good at it. Um, this song does have a fade out, notably not not one of the ring outs. Overall, I got us. I'm not I'm not wildly into this one. <laughs> she has a lot better on this album, but I do like the theme, the whole answer to extraordinary machine thing. My theory. As soon as you heard yeah. that fade out, you were like,
4: "Nope." <laughs> I was like, "Nope, it sucks." Strike Ate Ate it. one. <laughs> uh, it, it's interesting to know that that it was leg taps, you know, because it sounds like there might be. Uh, you know, like stick clicks or something as well. But, but I, I was thinking that the, they're kind of a similar tempo to the, to the leg taps in, in a ramble on. Um, and and I almost heard, you know, (laughs) it's it's a very jaunty and, and, you know, interesting beat. And it almost reminded me of, uh, uh, the, the Purdy shuffle. Do you guys know the Purdy shuffle? Yes. Yeah. It's, you know, what's that? Uh, I heard about it on the, uh, It's a
2: famous drum beat by drummer Bernard Purdy.
4: I heard about it on the um, the Asia classic albums. He plays on one of the tracks on, on Asia, but um, <laughs> nice. I, I really, I, you know, I, I was really, you know, kind of impressed by this. Um, you know, the the vocals are really crisp, and that kind of matches the 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 tones of the um, of the track. Uh, the piano, uh, the you know, the piano shows up in in kind of a, a more prominent way here, and, and characteristic for the rest of the album. It's, it's in really kind of low and, and mid, you know, mid register, you know, it's kind of muddy, but, but, um, but warm playing those play, you know, banging out those low chords and, and just kind of the way that it was mic'd up. It's very percussive. I I really liked the, uh, the gashes I got from my heartbreak made the slots and the flaps upon my wing and I use them to give me lift. Um, you know, that's just real, a, a really interesting, um, you know, image, uh, with with wings and 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 flaps and and lift and then when when she uh she goes into the i i guess it's the the chorus uh she, she comes back to uh to big major chords and you know kind of changes the changes her vocal rhythm but still has has that that backbeat going in the background that that really kind of ties it together I, I i was impressed with this i i think it's a great kind of second track they do some interesting stereo effects with the drums uh, so, I, you know, I, I think it, um, it it carries on the, the feeling and the energy uh, well from from the first track. I said,
1: are these hands flapping about for percussion <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, points for creativity, if that's the case. So I, as I just learned, it is. So I said, this is kind of strange. It's it's kind of a dissonant track to me. It's very unlike most of everything I've heard from her so far. So I feel like it's very brave and different. Uh, Maybe where the title comes from, this is her being a daredevil, maybe. Um, Hmm. It's kind of cool in in a raw kind of way, especially the vocals. They seem raw and tired, or as you guys said, growl, uh, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. I really am into it, uh, because there's definitely strength there, too. Uh, The song is interesting in an exploratory sense, but again... There's not a whole lot to grab on to for me. The emotional connection, I think originally when I heard it wasn't really there, but as the more I heard it and let it grow on me, those growls kind of, that's where the emotion came from, I think, and kind of got me on board uh, then. It's still, uh, it's not really a track I'm, I'm necessarily into though.
2: Yeah, I I'm probably right there with you. I, I I like this one a little less than I like every single night, and and I didn't think that that's not top tier for me necessarily. Um, and again, it's not that it's bad. I I kind of had this later in my notes, but I'll I'll put it here, which is that like. Her ca- it's a testament to how strong her catalog is that even when there's a song that I don't necessarily really like, like it's still better than I think a lot of other people's songs. <laughs> like she just yeah, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. It, it's it's just a she has a very solid, consistent catalog. But in the grand scheme of like Fiona Apple songs, this is not up there for me. Um, Matt, I thought it was interesting. You said the piano is more prominent. See, I'm I'm noticing at this point kind of a theme of like she's doing this thing a lot between this one and the last one where it's like four chords or so on a piano that kind of just ring out. Like, you know, hits a chord, lets it ring out, hits another chord, lets it ring out. There's not like so far to me, a ton of like riffing on piano, which she does on this album later, but like just so far it feels very sparse yeah. compared to I, some other stuff she's done. I
4: guess I was thinking more of the, uh, she she does like a descending chromatic on the, the do let me ruin me that, that mm. really kind of, you know, lots of like pedal tone and, and it really kind of fills out, um you know, the, the, those, those warm frequencies uh, of piano yeah. that, that definitely, you know, stuck out to me, at least on this one.
2: La- last thing I'll say is my, my comment about the David Blaine thing. Here's what I was thinking, Blake. The bridge mm-hmm. when it gets to that seek me out, look at me, look at me, look at me thing. Like I just felt like that was a little bit at David Blaine, like this kind of, you know Look at me. Look at me. Yeah, I'm look David at me. Blaine. I'm up here in a cage, you know, <laughs> above Times Square. I'm cause around the time that this was came out or before this when she was d- dating him maybe when she was dating the, i don't know in the but he 90s was doing, was... he was doing all that crazy shit where like he yeah. would drown in a tank publicly you know, and right. all that kind of stuff like oh. i just felt like that bridge all the like look at me look yeah, at for, me look at me you know for a second i need
4: attention kind of thing for a second i, I forgot who david blaine was and i, I was picturing chris angel
2: <laughs> in my head and i was like oh man <laughs> Dude,
0: they're basically the same they basically do the same thing
2: yeah Anyway,
0: the, that, the that was freak.
2: that was the only part that really reminded me of him. I I don't yeah I don't know if other right. part of the song. has I anything to do with am it. the mind freak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I I cannot imagine Fiona Apple. She like she has such a low. She seems to have such a low barometer for bullshit. Like I can't imagine her being with like uh. Chris Angel. But oh, uh, you know, teach their uh, own. You mean you mean David Blaine? no Chris Angel he just seems so like fake uh, I guess David Blaine can be a little fake too but it's job, part of the job yeah. alright
0: um, so it's July it'd be a terrible time of year to send a <laughs> valentine
5: Hello. To a dinner date. My seasoned every
0: place. She said at the time, Valentine is not about a man or lover, but instead about a girl she admired and would like to be more like, but that's from Genius, our favorite website, so do take <laughs> it with a grain of salt. Um, there's a line, while you were watching someone else, I stared at you and cut myself, and she did say later she wanted to clarify that it's not about cutting in the way that we think of that but rather um, I cut myself she'll do anxious habits like digging her nails into her palms until they bleed by accident Um, let's see like scratching her own neck and accidentally making it bleed Um, just anxious nervous things like that where you would accidentally injure yourself I and I do want to point out the the kind of running theme of anxiety Throughout this album, as a very anxious person, it it works for me. I think she gets. I think she gets it right. And She obviously knows what she's talking about. I like that 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 theme runs runs through this. Um, but back to the song. It was written years before the album, played for the first time at Largo. In fact, on Valentine's Day. Maybe that's where it gets its title. 2007. So only a couple of years after Extraordinary Machine. Um, I noticed. Really subtle low drum hits at the beginning. Maybe it's a timpani again, and it's like is just like meant to mimic a heartbeat.
2: Mm-hmm. That's
0: what I got from it. Uh, then I think I hear that there's stand-up bass in the song. It's really fascinating to me that I think the entire album is acoustic. By the way, um, the song's very pretty, um, and I like when the, there's an uptick in the tempo, and that gets the song going for me. Uh, it's that usually does it for me. Just bump the tempo up. I like that, and it takes a break in the middle to have really ominous strings just kind of come in.
2: Mm, yeah,
0: um, and there's an extremely upright piano feel to this whole album, and a very tacky feel to the to the piano. When I say tacky, I mean the tack piano, the tacks hitting the hitting the strings, um, as we've talked about in previous. Um, so I feel like it's that versus versus a grand piano. Um, if I had to guess, you guys can tell me whether you think I'm right. Um, but by the time she gets to the chorus, the <laughs> you, 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 it, this is like a song about, a a, a stalkery Valentine, maybe. I, I think it could be one of those, one of those stalker ballads that we all love so much. At least that's the way I take it. Um, it's, uh, it, it's kind of, kind of a mid tier on the album for me, but still decent.
1: Yeah, I think it's the it's kind of the first song that we get that sounds closer to the Fiona that at least I'm used to with the kind of a stronger piano presence and peace to it. Uh, yet it's, it's fun to follow along with musically, which it, it gets points for exploring new territory, uh, and still exploring somewhat familiar territory, but it's almost random and unplanned somehow. I don't know how to explain it. Uh, there's n- no really distinct melody or much of a hook per se, uh, which I kind of find interesting. I guess the "u you, you, you part is the only part that gets kind of hooky. It just makes it a bit more difficult to get into and connect with. Uh, there are parts where instruments are being played, but it almost doesn't sound musical somehow to me. Uh, the stand-up bass solo that kind of comes up seems kind of pointless and aimless. Uh, I and That's the soul coughing.
2: Yeah, basis. Sebastian Steinberg, yeah.
1: the soul coughing. Basis. Sorry, soul soul coughing, but the, the two songs <laughs> I've heard by you off of soundtracks <laughs> I wasn't really blown away by. <laughs> um, so I also, the, the little no- noisy little part is cool that you guys are talking about that comes out in the middle. Uh, it's kind of out of place. I like that part. Uh, I also noticed quite a bit of room noise in the beginning, which has its charm, but it's also a little distracting to me. I don't know. I kind of like it, but I'm also kind of put off by it somehow. Sad to say, it's it's strange. I'm not really sure how to feel about it. Like, I like the root for you part. It's one of those that I think could be a grower, but it might take some more time for me because still right now, it hasn't really sat that that great with me. Um, but Yeah. I I think this could be a grower.
2: I see. I liked this one quite a bit more than I did the previous two. Again, we have that kind of sparse piano at the very beginning, at least just sort of playing the chords, letting them ring out, focusing more on you know the bass and and her vocal. I really enjoy on the UUU U U when the bass kind of plays. Matt would probably know better, but it, it, I'm going to say a seventh. I don't know if that's even right, but it's like a weird like note. You know what I'm talking about? Where the bass kind of does this off note almost yeah. in there. It's kind of a yeah, cool I, little I feature. So. It, gives, it gives it kind of a, a off-kilter feeling a little bit. Uh, I do feel like this is the kind of perfect arrangement for this song. Like, I'm not sure... I've been, I was kind of thinking, like, what do these songs sound like in a different arrangement on a different album that's not quite as minimal? This one, though, I feel like the minimal nature of it kind of works, um, even though it has, ironically, more production than some of the other songs on this album. It just, I don't know, it feels like it needs that kind of sparseness here. Um, I did want to point out a couple of uh, lyrical themes that we all love nautical themes are back um not only the whipping chords but we've got the line about i'm resigned to sail on through in the wakes of tales of you and another theme that's kind of a theme for this album is she says i watched you live to have my fun which is something we're going to hear about again on the very next song so yeah i enjoy this one more than i do the previous two for sure
4: i'm kind of the opposite um i it makes sense to me that this is um, an older song because it definitely does feel like it could have been, you know, on Extraordinary Machine. And and Joshua, while you think that that the minimalism works, I, I don't know that that works as well for me here. I would like to hear, you know, give me a French horn or something on this. Um, <laughs>
2: You're waiting for john brian to come back yeah i, <laughs> I want to hear the
4: you know release the brian cut of <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, um, there isn't uh, of of this one uh I, I like the the kind of day in the life freak out you know right around 218 um mm-hmm. it's it's done well but it it, it kind of feels weird or or you know it, it's it, it kind of comes uh comes out of left field um It's kind of out of place. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I do like, you know, did pick out a few lyrics that I like. Um, I like the, uh, amorous, but out of reach, a still life drawing of a peach couplet, um, stand no chance of growing up. Uh, there, there's a lot of, you know, as we've already talked, talked about, you know, kind of maturing and, and, you know, coming into middle age and, and, you know, themes of growing up. Uh, and I also liked the, uh, cramped up in the learning curve, you know, that an, another kind of, uh, you know, finding your, your place in the world. And then uh, finally, t- uh, teardrops seasoned every plate uh, with with dinner date that I just think that's another great couplet. So d- didn't this one didn't work as well for me um, musically, but uh, but it, it definitely, you know, has to be this way to to fit o- on this on this record. But it just kind of sounds like, yeah, like what it is, which is an older song that's kind of being done in this sonic aesthetic not, and, and less something that kind of was born out of th- this minimalist thing that they're doing
0: Okay, track four Jonathan
5: Kiss me while I calculate and calibrate and heaven's sakes don't make me explain Just tolerate my little fist dugging on your forest
0: So the percussive sounds on this one were made the first night of recording with Charlie Drayton. Um, should I put? Should I play the clip you made me, Josh? Of just is the that, sound. Sure. Yeah. Is that what the clip is? Yeah. So it's this just is the, the
2: bottle sounds. Yeah.
0: This This is the stuff that they recorded at the bottle factory. That's how the song starts. Yeah, she and the producer went to a bottle making factory uh, with their field recorders and recorded the machines. Um, I call this the Trent Reznor method, um, or sometimes I call it literally industrial. (laughs) Um, So Fiona Apple is now industrial. Um, The piece reminded her of her ex-boyfriend, Jonathan Ames. Um, When she told him about it, he asked if his name was in it, knowing how much he loved attention. Eh, look at me, look at me. She went ahead and named it after him. Uh, If you don't know who Jonathan Ames is, he's the guy, he's done a lot of stuff, but he created the show with Patrick Stewart, Blunt Talk, among many other things.
2: Hmm.
0: It's probably one of the things he's least likely known for. (laughs) Lyrically, she was writing about a time she and Jonathan went to Coney Island. She says she'd been thinking that day about dying, but the day turned out to be very nice and pleasant. She says the song is a testament to the power of Jonathan Ames' kindness. As far as the meter, this uh, it could be up to the listener. You could count this as like a 3-4 or a 6-8. Uh, I really like the verse piano line, which sounds pensive and anxious. So again, these anxious sounds, the, the theme runs through it, and I really like like it right out of the gate, that that first piano thing you hear. I hear a snare somewhere late in the song. I think, at least. I could be wrong. Other than that, it's just industrial or environmental percussion there are things that sound thundery um and it's clear by this point the my first time listening i'm thinking obviously this album does not care about commercial appeal Mm -hmm. um that that's become very apparent um i love how it ends on the same four spooky ascending notes that it began with but i believe it's like a different voicing of those notes um the, the song-wise, it's it's on the mid-tier for me, but I do I do love the percussion. I respect going to a factory and recording yourself a little drum loop. Uh, so I love all those sounds.
2: Yeah, for me, so I put the bottle factory sounds really start the song setup of the story perfectly. If I didn't know it was a factory, I would have assumed, based on the lyrics, it was like the Coney Island Ferry starting up or something. Like It just <laughs> feels like, gives me that vibe. Uh, you know... What's that? They're, go, they're going on Coney the train. Island, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. I've never been to Coney Island. Um, <laughs> Is like a Ferris and, wheel? Yeah, or something at Coney Island. It just, it gives you that, it brings you into that world maybe a little bit. Um you know, she sings about this pleasant day with Jonathan and we were kind of touched on this. Logan touched on it. The drums just sort of explode in spurts. You know, there's there's not a rhythmic quality to the drumming here. It's not like it's to keep time. They just sort of happen. And I had the thought, you know, is that sort of these intrusive thoughts Fiona's having throughout the day? You know, in a way, it's like she's trying to have this pleasant day and, and you know, these things are just happening, these noises in her head and you have this sort of ascending chord progression on piano that gives it some an air of tension. I hope I'm not, uh, you know, stealing anybody's thunder here, but this one, this I, I immediately, not immediately after a few listens, thought of Lou Reed's perfect day, you know, cause Lou Reed's perfect hmm. day, which often gets thought of as being about heroin <laughs> because it's famously used in train spotting. Uh, the thing is the song doesn't ever explicitly reference heroin and, you know, Lou Reed never gave a specific interpretation. It's just a song about having a nice day with someone, but you also have this, this sort of dread and depression creep in there uh, in, in perfect day. And in this one where it's sort of someone discussing, you know, I'm having this great day with this other person and they're such a nice person, but can't help feeling, you know, some self-loathing going on as well hmm. a little bit um now saying all that ah, this one kind of I like it a little bit less than Valentine I think it it goes back the other way to me it's it's as good as Daredevil to me or Every Single Night but it just isn't as much of a top tier oh when it does call back the Valentine lyric we have the line uh but I like watching you live so kind of a callback mm. to that line from Valentine about I watched you live to have my fun. Um, but yeah, those are my thoughts., uh, what about you, Matt?
4: The song's spooky and cool. Uh, the <laughs> um yeah, that that <laughs> ascending chromatic piano, you know, low piano line, you know, really kind of yeah. you know, it's it sets you on edge. and then that, you know, just spooky, uh, high piano sing single line, uh, single note line. Uh, and then you th- you start throwing in those those weird um kind of sparse but also that's a really great interpretation about you know the intrusive thoughts and, and intrusive drums and drum rolls you know that that's not trying to you know I wasn't aware of this song but i I have tried to uh execute this sort of a drum you know feeling and, and sound and in in you know, songs that I've worked on before, you know, certainly I, I'm not, uh, successful to, to this extent, but, um, I'm, I'm here for this, uh, for this one, knowing that it's kind of about a good day at Coney Island, the, 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 I don't want to talk about anything both, you know, kind of, it's a carefree lyric. And then it's also kind of a very whimsical and cheery, uh, line that, that kind of contrasts with that, uh, that, that really creepy chromatic part. But, um uh, I, I am I am here for all of this record's weirdness, so uh, so I'm I'm I'm, I'm going to ride uh, ride for Jonathan uh, as well. Keep it weird. So keep in
1: mind that this was a, a blind listen for me, so I didn't know any of the things about this. So these are all my natural reactions. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. So I said more randomly. Use samples for percussion. Is this industrial? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. I said, uh, I don't know. (laughs) This album really throws me off kilter. I feel like I'm in a factory with a bunch of people moving big pieces of (laughs) percussion around and playing around at random. I said, like, is the pit orchestra setting up for their marching band performance? Uh, Another song that just follows strange chords and percussion hits. (laughs) And I said, I don't think I like it. I said, I like some of the atmospheric sounds, but it just seems to be used in a way that I don't find very interesting for some reason. I just feel distracted to all the things that are going on, but not in a way that really connects me on any kind of relatable or emotional level. I said, is someone making copies in the song? <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> our new- I
1: Are newspapers being bottles. pressed? Uh, I said, am I banging my head on a timpani? Uh, the title of the album where it uh, mentions whipping chords should be whipping chords as in like piano <laughs> chords. Because the <laughs> piano seems to be her whipping boy on this album. Just taking out these frustrations with strange and unsettling piano chords. I said it's a bizarre song, but overall not that enjoyable for me. Mm. Harsh, but fair. Harsh,
0: Harsh? but fair. I don't know. No, 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 no. I think no, no, I'm no, no. kind it's of fair. there
2: with you. like I was saying, I I don't know. I, I went back and forth on this album a lot. I because I do feel like it's it's hard to get into, but at the same time, I understand there might be some purpose there. I just can't figure out what that is always.
4: This <laughs> is the uh almost the longest track. It's the second longest. And I think of all yeah. of the tracks, you feel it's five minutes and three seconds. I think you feel that length the most yeah. on this one
0: what if after all the uh factory noise she just came in with
2: hey the next song kind of <laughs>
0: starts with that vibe mm, uh, kind of okay the next song's called left alone I went
5: to work to cultivate callous and now I'm high.
0: Man, that high note is is nice. I like that. <laughs> That's talent right there. Um, so she said the genesis of this song was wanting to write a song with the phrase moribund slut in it. <laughs> the word moribund meaning near death. Um I also noted it's rhymed with orotund mutt, uh, which perhaps might mean pompous dog. So fairly impressive line there, uh, if if weird. Uh, The line, I don't cry when I'm sad anymore, is about a time in her life when she says she was not feeling things. It was terrible. Um, She's called the song her favorite on the album. Personally, I I think it's a very good one. So I can can see that. Um, The opening drums. George of the jungle ass. (laughs)
2: Um,
0: it's, it's either, that's just what I had, had written down. George of the jungle ass. It's either Tom's or more timpani. See, I got Zoot Suit Riot. Okay. (laughs) It's basically the same thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It might be timpani um so yet another this is maybe the most anxious and tackiest piano line yet tacky as in tack piano Uh, it's pretty cool i I really dig that and it sounds like there are there might have been clicks in the left speaker maybe or more in the left uh matching up to the piano rhythm but then i was thinking is that part is that is that the tack hitting (laughs) Or is that an extra percussion bit added? I, I couldn't tell. I, but I just like the rhythm that it added there. I, I think this this album they had had to make the piano as tacky as humanly possible to like make up almost uh, compensate for the fact there's no drum set on the album. So like the piano, which is technically a percussion instrument, has to lead percussively. I guess. Um, I I really like that this uh, has has a quick tempo you got some real snare in there brushing around the minimalism is really highlighted again of course that's across the whole album i, I hear some bass not sure what kind i guess acoustic probably um but i really do enjoy this one it, it's a higher it's on the high tier for side a or 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 just for the whole album
4: for me yeah i, I think this is another another strong entry um yeah you, you're talking about the piano um it's a really interesting piano line because it's kind of one of those things that almost like, you know, you might sit down as a kid and pick out because it's just going one to five. I think it's C to G probably, or, or no, it's a, it's a flat to E flat, and then you just kind of ascend chromatically and descend chromatically, kind of alternating, and that's that da 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 You know, it's very boogie-woogie, and, and it's, it's a really simple part, but when you surround it with the, you know, the really stellar drums – and, um, uh, you know, kind of that rolling feel, uh, you know, it, it make, makes for, um, a really fun, fun tune. Um, you ha- I'm glad you, you had at least one of those vocal jumps, you know, she goes even higher, uh, the line after the, those really, um, stick with me. I, I, you know, find myself just humming along, you know, not, not even listening, uh, it'll stick in, in your head, um, more great vocal rhythm, you know, uh, and that's a skill of hers that I've, I've mentioned on, on previous shows, you know, the same man in the same bed in the same city, but not in the same room. It's a pity just, you know, really kind of in the pocket, uh, you know, with, with the rhythm and, and with her, uh, her lyrics, Uh, the ants way more than the elephant. I thought was a really interesting, uh, uh, you know, kind of image talking about her, her particular ills and her her granular woes. Um, One thing, you know, nobody's mentioned yet is kind of that I don't know if you'd call it the chorus but the uh, all I do is beg to be left alone that does take me out of it a little bit but um, you know you can't have just all boogie woogie uh, uh piano I, I guess <laughs> so uh, and and I think that's a you know that's definitely a theme that we're going to see quite a bit is love but separation and, and infatuation but you can't be with the person you know, as she said, you know, in same, same man, same bid, uh, bed, but not in the same room. Uh, so I, you know, I, I think this is, um, you know, another strong contender. I think this is a growth of her kind of standard jazzy standard style that, that fits more with the, the sound of the album than, uh, than Valentine did for me. So I said neat drum intro, But
1: damn it, here we go into another frantic piano piece that follows a very atonal and dissonant kind of path. (laughs) Is this? And I said, Matt, is this boogie woogie? (laughs) I said, Ryan. Okay, so I really appreciate that she has this kind of jaunty jazz chord ability, or whatever. I don't know the the piano training behind it that she's clearly showcasing on this album. But man, I feel like it's really present and utilized. Maybe overutilized a little, little too much. I, I'm missing the really interesting instrumentation of past albums at this point. uh This sounds like a crazy lady has taken over an abandoned saloon and she smoked too much <laughs> crack. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh God, I don't know. Jesus. I'm, I'm sorry. I struggle with this one. Maybe in a different context or live, it's interesting. Um, but not much fun to listen to for me, but I have a respect for it and appreciate the courageousness of, of the music. And I like the, I don't cry when I'm sad anymore line. I appreciate that. Uh, But yeah, this wasn't a, a, a great track for me.
2: See, this is, this is the one where I remember when it came on, this was the kind of revelation, one of the revelation tracks to me, this listen, because I don't remember particularly really liking this one when it came out, but listening to it this time, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, this one I could get into. It's like it's this album's version of fast as you can, <laughs> you know, <laughs> fast. it's fast as you can without any of the uh, instrumentation. Uh, it just it's I, I like how it kind of goes quick. It even has the bridge where it slows down some kind of like fast as you can. Uh, I do have to point out, so you know how she said one time in an interview, we talked about this a few episodes back, that she likes to read out of the dictionary and pick words out to put in mm-hmm. songs. I yeah. feel like you can tell she was definitely in the C-A part, because so far we've had calculate, calibrate, calcify, cultivate, callous. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I feel that's like that's on purpose. <laughs> I know, but it's just funny. I feel like she was like looking through and she saw calculate and calibrate and calcify and was like, Those are good words. I'm going to use all those. Lots of, but this, this is the, this is the vocab one. As you already pointed out, the moribund, oritund. Yeah. Uh, but I, I enjoy this one. I, I like it. Um, it has a good melody. It has it has uh, a little bit more going on, I feel like. I just pointed out the Cultivate and Callus line, but I do like that line, that it hurt more than it ought to hurt. I went to work to cal- cultivate a callus. I feel like it's a great metaphor <laughs> That is a
4: good line, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Um. And the line, How can I ask anyone to love me when all I do is beg to be left alone? is such a heartbreaking lyric. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's good. It's such a sad lyric. <laughs> like, it just, it, again, like Jonathan, you have this sort of juxtaposition of this other person's so great. I hate myself almost. I'm, like, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling <sighs> it. I don't know, man. It, it makes me feel for Fiona. I'm like, come on. Uh, but I enjoy this one musically for sure. I
0: now I do love to imagine now Fiona Apple in, in an abandoned saloon cackling and playing <laughs> just playing a show yeah off her playing board to an audience of zero an audience that doesn't exist yeah exactly yeah. but putting on the show of her life maybe that is what
1: this and album like is like some lone stranger like makes their way in but she scares them off with a shotgun like you know about <laughs> blows their hat off or something and she's she Did throws she, a raccoon at him. She tells her
0: a long she story o- over a shot of four musky. My- right. Um, all right, let me ask you guys a question. Is Warren Zevon in the house? <laughs> oh <laughs> because I, I hear a werewolf.
5: A super guy Till the second you get away from me. We are like a wishing well and the ball we can still support each other. All we gotta do is avoid each other. The wrong way? A song in the mind.
0: Werewolf was, was written in Harlem when Fiona was staying with her mother. She was watching Turner Classic Movies again uh, and recording a demo when a battle broke out on the TV. Uh, The recording of her demo picked up the sounds of screaming and yelling. She liked that sound enough. Uh, When it came time to record the song officially, she tried to recreate it. Um, She said she went to San Francisco for Halloween and was hanging out in trolleys, recording people screaming. She'd walk past a bunch of drunks and be like, hey, scream. But it would always sound wrong or stupid. Um, but on the first morning we were planning to record, I'd just gotten out of the shower and I heard all these kids screaming, there's an elementary school across from my house. And I was like, oh shit, that's it. I threw on what, whatever was right there. Which I didn't realize at the time was a pair of pants that I was going to throw away because the ass was split, and I ha. ran out half clothed carrying my recording thing. I guess she means like a field recorder. Um, I was standing there looking like a crazy person. crazy cat lady. Hee haw! Hee haw! Hey
1: kids! Hey kids! Do kids. Some a little scream.
0: <laughs> Watching these kids. Yeah. Oh, this is this is frightening from the wrong angle. <laughs> it is. Um, <laughs> they were jumping with balloons between their legs trying to make them pop in the actual song we had to take out all the balloon pops because they sounded like gunshots jesus uh but it was it was so perfect and yeah you can clearly hear the children playing (laughs) i'm glad she removed the gunshot like noises um to me the 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 kids yelling makes me think of the song once again here we go piggy Nine Inch Nails, which features a similar sample of what sounds like kids yelling. I think it's in like the second verse, maybe. Lyrically, the song is about trying to be friends with an ex, but realizing that person is just an asshole. Um, I also think the song is about accepting less than happy endings, as, we, as we've said, themes of, of growing up, accepting things like that. When she says, I believe the first lyric, I could liken you to a werewolf. Uh, when she says that i'm definitely gonna think lycan l-y-c-a i
2: thought that as well i also had that in my notes
0: which it's a a fun if totally unintentional play on words i don't know if it was meant or not i i love this one i I, i'm not gonna hide that i love the the waltzy old-fashioned feel it's almost like a classic fiona fiona sound on this one it's a top top tier track off the album the chord progression just flows so well through verse to pre-chorus to chorus seamlessly. I think I hear a banjo maybe somewhere toward the chorus or something being plucked. I, that just makes it for me. I'll never get over the line. Nothing, nothing wrong when a song ends in a minor key. It's a five star hook lyric for me. And it fits really well. It gets stuck in my head and I, I believe it quite literally ends on a minor key. You even hear, uh, a guitar or some stringed instrument I think play what uh I think a three note arpeggio in I think in E minor it's like a da, da. I can't mouth it but you know what I'm talking about at the very end it, it, I just it, it's right on the nose but it works for me yeah. um I love this one
1: yeah uh, the first thing I said was I liken you to a werewolf is clever <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh yeah. Interesting lyrics. We get a song that's a little more straightforward and a bit more musical. I'm still kind of missing some of the more elaborate instrumentation that we're accustomed to. But this seems to be more more of a stripped back album that is mainly piano and a bunch of percussion hits. So I'm kind of at this point, I'm starting to realize, OK, this is the album. <laughs> like, I <I've, laughs> I mean, I've already had, you know, some good indications, but I'm like, OK, we're definitely staying in this kind of area uh but clever lyrics and i said i hear a sample that sounds like kids on a playground screaming (laughs) uh so was looking forward to this one because of the title uh (laughs) it didn't really do do anything for me at first like i said i think the lyrics work the music isn't too bad but it it did grow on me and i do dig it now so I, i i feel like it's one that i I wouldn't say is like top tier Fiona in the big scheme of things, but maybe for the album uh, for sure.
2: I agree wholeheartedly. I, I really like this one. Um, I get parting gift vibes. You know the song parting gift mm-hmm. from extraordinary machine. It, it has a similar hook. And now it escapes me what the hook on parting gift was, but it, it, I seem to remember it being a similar like couplet kind of It like... ended
0: bad, but I love what we started. Uh, yeah. Yes. It,
2: it has a similar, yeah, to the nothing wrong when a song ends in a minor key. Uh, we get more self-blame here, man. Self-blame, self-loathing. Like man. the line about, you were such a super guy till the second you got a whiff of me. I just put, come on, Fiona, you can't be that bad, <laughs> right? Like yeah. She just seems to really not like herself uh, when it comes to some of these these songs. I'm like, oh, man. Um, she does the growl thing, Blake, which is great. What part uh, does she do in all um, this Sing Wait, it. What part does she do? <laughs> Sing it. Do the growl right now. Now I'm now I'm trying to remember where she does it. I swear there's a part. I think on it. it's you're... I think it's
0: a howl. The word you're thinking of is howl.
2: She doesn't howl. No, I don't know. Uh, also more alliteration here. Fiction of the fix. She really likes that alliteration in her lyrics. But I, I'm with you guys. I I like this one quite a bit. Such a great hook though that uh that yeah. you know we just have to avoid each other. Nothing wrong when a song ends in minor key. That's a, it's a very good classic hook, which she is great at as is evident by this point in our discography <laughs> study of Fiona Apple.
4: Uh, yeah, the, the themes of separation, uh, are, are, are back. We can still support each other as long as we avoid each other. Um, the, the growls, uh, are from kind of the bridge part that, and I really like this, this lyric, uh, the lava from the volcano shot up from under the sea. Um, one thing led to another, mm-hmm. and you made an island out of me. Um, you know, again, you know, more both geology and uh, isolation illusion um, in the lyrics. You know, really works for me. Um, I also uh, I, I didn't remember that it was piggy, but as soon as I heard those screams, I was like, oh, that's a- <laughs> uh, that's a good one. Um, the wishing well and the bolt of electricity I thought was a great kind of image juxtaposition, uh, to, to throw in there. Um, and, and then, yeah, kind of, you know, it's, it's a meta thing to do to talk about, you know, the song ending in a minor key and the song, you know, she's playing minor chords, but the song is also the relationship. And, and I just think that's a great metaphor. Yeah. I I think this is a really strong one in, in the, in the vein of parting gift or, um, never is a promise, you know, kind of that, that just Fiona and, Mm. and the piano, and in this case, uh, also a loop of children screaming.
2: Josh and his feels songs. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so, werewolf
0: got me in my feels. Yeah, um, I gotta shoot hot piss out
2: my bladder. <laughs> so yeah, I gotta go do that and tell the girls good night because they're in bed. <laughs> All right. ah. Don't worry
5: about those ghost notes. Ain't but
0: rebound. Okay. What do I see out of the corner of my eye? Oh, it's track seven, periphery. <laughs> The song apparently has old roots, uh, predating Extraordinary Machine even, as she says it could have been on another album as opposed to all the others that were written between 2005 and 2011, (laughs) uh, which were none, I guess. According to Jeremy Larson of Consequence of Sound, um, he said at the end, duct tape is ripped off a surface in rhythm for a sound that just makes you grab your skin to make sure it's still there. So I listened before I read that. To me, it sounded like feet were dragging through dirt or something. But now that I think about it and visualize the duct tape, yeah, I think it probably is the duct tape thing. <laughs> but it, um, I got the the feeling of people doing foley work, <laughs> Probably her and Charlie, like just st- like foley like like stomping around in different textures, dirt and, and rocks and grass and whatever to make the percussion on this lots of footstep sounds uh but i i guess i was completely wrong and it's more like ripping tape off of things um and it it begins and ends with long sequences of that and there's a cool stereo effect of two different kinds of foley in, in your left and right ears this is i believe this is the duct tape let me know if this makes you check your face Speaking of ASMR, this is like the anti anti ASMR. Not not entirely unpleasant. I mean, it, there's something to that. I like the ethereal vocal harmony. Uh, ooh part. This one's got a catchy, really tacky piano. Uh, it might be at nearly five minutes. I I do feel the song's length. My attention, I turned into a Josh, and my attention <laughs> did kind of wane. Toward the end for me. But, yeah.
2: Yeah, I have one word written down. for. Well, I have a lot of words, but the one that pops out is meh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> like, man. I just, I don't know why I can't get into this one. Like, it sounds like a march when it starts, and it just never goes anywhere for me. Um, I do want to point out one thing I liked, and Matt probably could guess this because... He knows I'm a sucker for this, but when they change up the vocal melody, when she goes to the whoa, oh, oh, the periphery, you know what I'm talking about? Kind of like three-fourths the way through. I kind of like mm. that. That That's pretty good. Um, but other than that, yeah, this one just kind of loses me. I don't have a ton to say. The The harmonies that come in are are quasi Beach Boys, like without quite the depth of that harmony, but like the oohs that kind of come in are like a nice little background, like ooh, kind of coming in. Yeah.
0: I like that. But
2: yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I did have the thought since it ends with her kind of saying stay away very high to, to fade it into Nirvana's stay away <laughs> previous discography <laughs> subject uh, be an interesting little switch over, but yeah, I, this is one that's uh low on the, 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 the list for me.
4: Uh, yeah. Um, this one also, you know, feels like an earlier, an earlier song, the chorus, especially, you know, could absolutely get get the uh, uh, get the French horn treatment um, or or uh, or other poppy uh, poppy sound. Um, I do like the I got bored trying to figure figure you outline. Um, uh, Blake, I also have uh, Foley in my notes. I do have tape noise. Um, it it kind of reminded me of the. The broom sweeping noise in uh, Neil Young's "Harvest Moon." Uh, that's kind of mm. a more chill song, but um, but kind of a, a similar thing. Um, I bet they do have the best parties uh, at the periphery. I, I like the periphery as kind of a a subject and something to examine. But but yeah, this is um, uh, one of the weaker tracks uh, on there, um, and and I think it's it's the most in your face with the kind of plotty tack piano that, 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 that could perhaps great, um, after extended, uh, uh, exposure to just that one, you know, line it, it, yeah it's, it's a good line, but it, but it's out there, uh, in the mix quite a bit.
1: Uh, it didn't bother me as much as you guys, I guess. Uh, I asked if there's more homemade percussion sounds. Yeah. Uh, you know the scene in The Wizard of Oz where Dorothy's house is in the tornado and you all see the different things oh, fly yeah. by her window? I feel like this could be <laughs> yes. accompanying music like right there. Uh. I don't know how to explain it because I don't have the piano training, but it's just driven by this kind of jazzy carnival kind of feel or it sounds arcane or and old. Like it doesn't have a sense of direction, but rather leaning into chaos and madness, which on paper sounds great. But it's giving me like Dust Bowl vibes or like almost a <laughs> cowboy kind shuffle. Of well, that's my next thing is vaudevillian almost. <laughs> uh, again, I'm kind of put off by it, but I also feel like it's little shuffle along, kind of feel. I, I kind of like that. Uh, I think the vocal performance is strong, especially at the end, singing Oh, the Periphery. And I may give this one a pass, as in it's kind of grown on me. I always appreciate a condescending song. Uh, So she seems like she's been let (laughs) down by someone or by certain people. Uh, I think the song works. I think the lyrics are are pretty strong here. All right. Yeah, uh, I just got kind
0: of like an auditory flashback of the uh, Wizard of Oz score and it has like the tackiest of the tack pianos Mm -hmm. going through the uh the early sequences uh so that fits all right i hope by this point in the album you're not feeling regret
5: (laughs) every time you address me
0: Scream it. She was reading about things like bombardier beetles. She said they shoot this noxious shit out of their asses, uh, which became in this song, the lyric, but I ran out of white dove's feathers to soak up the hot piss that comes from your mouth. Every time you address me and that lyric is fucked. Um, But you heard it in the clip there. I think it's delivered with the Appropriate level of growling angst or angst as Kurt Loder would say. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If you're going to say a line like that, you might as well deliver it with that level of God. It's just visceral. uh, And, and, and it works the way, the way she growls that, that stuff out. It starts with, I think in the same line, it starts with the word or again. I, I think it was the last album. Remember I, I said something about or I, I can't remember where it was used now.
2: Oh, apostrophe e r. E-R? Yeah,
0: yeah. The word over con, uh condensed into one syllable and in the same line uh mem remember cut down to member and um she's instead of getting even, she's getting e apostrophe e n, which I think she made that up. Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty cool <laughs> the way she plays with with language. I i think is is pretty cool uh somehow i I think against all odds it kind of it kind of works the way she does it um i like the the percussion loop that it starts with that's in it's like a three four but it's it's sort of an imperfect feel like we were talking about just kind of the found incidental percussion that, that maybe isn't quite exactly on the mark but it works yeah just those guttural growls my favorite line of lyrics uh mem- member not remember remember when i was so sick and you didn't believe me then you got sick too and guess who took care of you you hated that didn't you uh that that hit me that hits um i wondered is, is I that believe-
2: is that written by medical professionals currently about anti-vaxxers <laughs> remember when i was sick and you didn't believe me then you got sick too Yes, we took care the,
0: of you. the doctors yeah. are like, <laughs> I, I was sick and my patients didn't even care. Um, <laughs> I think this is the longest one you do start. To, it, it, it is a good song. It, it is the albums. If there's a downer on this album, this one is it though. But
4: yeah, I, I think, uh, I think this is the strongest song on, on the whole record. You mm-hmm. talked about that kind of stumbling, uh, drum beat and I'm if it's not a didgeridoo that's a sample, that's the sample. <laughs> it's at least an imitation yeah. of a didgeridoo that's given that that low bed um, that I think really kind of enhances the the sparseness of, of the recording. Uh, the the progression. Uh, it's like a fifteen bar phrase that that finally kind of circles back uh, to to that one, and and she's just going all you know all through all the different chords uh and 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 when the when it comes back it just makes it that much more powerful. She's she's really outstanding on, on the vocals, obviously, you know, uh going deep with um with with the growls and, and and the screams, but uh she's really showing off her dynamic skill, which is something that I, I've noticed uh and, and talked about on a previous episode, but she can just instantly pull it back from that, the the fullness of the of the chorus uh, back to just that that drum loop and and kind of pedal bass note uh, that that really kind of just gives you a sense of of mood and and feeling um with this uh, song um she's great on vocal rhythms as well uh Blake you mentioned the uh, uh then you got sick too and guess who took care of you it just is so in the pocket and sounds so effortless uh, you know also uh you were an expert but not me not yet uh stood out to me i i just um i i don't have enough good things to to say about uh, about this one i this is this is the song that made me keep you know coming back to the record because i i wanted i wanted to get back to this one i did not regret having heard this song <laughs> <laughs> nice all right <laughs>
1: yeah uh the first time when i started making notes my first line was, "I am starting to regret listening to this album." Um, <laughs> oh, no. but I erased it, and uh, over time, after several listens and changed my opinion on it, uh first, before I get to that, I feel like the piano has a mental illness on this record. like it's just taken too much drugs and has become broken and dysfunctional, very ominous <laughs> and untrustworthy. I think it's an interesting exploration, and I like the hypnotic percussion tracks. Uh, When she really belts it out, I get a little bit of a rush. Uh, The low, meditative, deep-sounding vocals are a nice touch. Uh, You guys mentioned didgeridoo, but aren't there also like... Yeah, like a throat singing? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I like that. She seems very distant and shielded on this album. Um, and I really love the, the hot piss moments are, are pretty cutting. <laughs> I can really hear the emotion in her voice. And I think it's a really strong performance and a uh, moving performance. It, it sounds like she bangs the piano shut at the very end, kind of like a I, mic drop mm-hmm, moment. Mm-hmm. And I think I it, noticed
4: that as well. It
1: This song really grew on me. Uh, I like it. And I said, maybe it, it
4: could be the best of the album. The leave me alone. Vocal vamp just really.
2: Yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, that's, that's an, another callback. I mean, cause there's that theme on this album of her talking a lot about just being left. Al- there's a song called left alone. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you guys on this one. This was one though. I have to say, uh, again, one I didn't listen to a ton when it came out, uh, you know, it's near the end of the album, and Josh has to turn it off after track five. Uh, oh boy. But <laughs> this listen to, I at first was like, I don't think I like this one. And I actually put this in my skip it column at one point. Ooh. Then I listened to it again and again and again, and I'm like, I think this might be a great song. <laughs> like, it might Actually be there Just the Intensity of it Um Blake you said It sounds pretty dark I actually think It it sounds very dark In tone But I think This is one Where she's really Like I feel this is A less depressing song Than some of the others Because she's actually Like saying like You know Well fuck you You know Like (laughs) taking a stand Whereas some of the others The self-loathing Like man That's some dark shit Uh But like this one is You know This is a pure Kiss off Kinda Fuck you song uh, it's it's just so atmospheric and yeah, I I really really enjoy it. It's got some great Fiona growling as we put there in the clip. I do want to say, surprise, surprise, lowest play count on this album on Spotify. Hmm. This Jeez. is the one people skip. So. Maybe because it's the longest. Wow, bad I don't know Bad anyway, choice. Just wanted to. Just
0: wanted to point that
2: out, but I, yeah, I really enjoyed this one. It just took, (laughs) took a few listens to really grab me, but I, when it did, I I enjoy it quite a bit. Yeah. This song is
0: harder to love. It makes itself hard to love, but I already want to go back to it now and listen some more. And I want to listen for that slamming the piano top close. So, all right. On to... Anybody got a, a, a segue for?
1: Pin penultimate song? Uh anything. Technically, te- anything te- you want to play.
2: Hey, there you go. <laughs> anything. All right. We want. Anything
1: we want. <laughs>
0: Kind of vibing over here to that percussion. Uh, the most best drum beat I've heard all album. Really? So the line, maybe, uh, the line, we're eight years old playing hooky, relates to Fiona's thinking at this time about parenting and being a child. She told Pitchfork, up in my hotel room right now, the books I have with me are parenting books. I had one about facial expressions and what they mean with babies that I gave to David Blaine's wife, Alizee. This book I have upstairs is called Raising Happiness. I don't want a kid at all, but I do like reverse engineering myself, managing and parenting myself. Well, that's a fascinating thing to think. On. <laughs> what a wild ass thing, but interesting. Um, the sounds on this track are uh, Fiona, uh, she says, at my desk with a pair of scissors, a tin full of burnt Cedar sachets and a plastic cup. I was hitting everything with scissors, and the cedar was flying all over the place. I wouldn't have guessed that that's what it was at all, but uh, yeah, I can definitely hear it. sit Sa- now.
1: Sachets. Um, to it carefully. What are what the what sachets? I don't know.
2: what's No it? clue. <sighs> Damn it. <laughs> no clue. I'm
1: just is. reading what
0: Josh sent me. i this, this is just I have a no quote. A cedar It's a quote. Is. Quote from an interview. I, I'm guessing pieces of burnt burnt cedar shavings. Okay. Um I I call it I call it, <laughs> I call it the the kitchen sink style of drums, um which is just kind of like throw it all in there. And I think that that plus the stand up bass, which kinda sounds like a walk on the wild side bass to me, <laughs> uh make a really awesome drum and bass combo for the bed of this song. Um and I think this is a great just a great penultimate song. And it's one of the one of the the long tradition of of a, uh, a kind of a climax of an album on the penultimate track plus a stinger type track as the last track, and we'll we'll get into that. But lines like uh, "My scars were re- were reflecting the mist in your headlights. I look like a neon zebra shaking rain off her stripes." Um, that's some really striking shit. Like the very first time I heard it, I was like, "Wow." Um, and when it when it gets to the chorus chords, just those first two chords, even when she lays them down, I think, I think it's perfect when it gets to that. And it's a great a great change from, from verse to chorus there. I love that the percussion is, is so dense by the time it gets to the chorus. This is maybe the most full that the album sounds uh, on an album that doesn't sound all that full. It sounds very minimal because there's so much layering, so much activity here. The song is very full of life. I love that a, a wild industrial beat, I guess it's her banging on the stuff on her desk is kind of rides us out for the end of the song. And for me, this, this is in the, in the, in a contender for, for top track of the album album for sure.
1: Like is Fiona trying to kick it in the, in the beginning? It's almost <laughs> sounded like Q-tip was going to come in with some bars. Uh, I think I can, you know, obviously walk on the wild side here, but, uh, Yeah, it almost sounds like uh, we could use that as a a hip-hop sample. But uh, yeah, more homemade (laughs) percussion. I think it sounds good, actually. Uh, I can totally respect that. Uh, This is a little bit more musical and memorable for me. This is one of the the first tracks that I kind of latched onto when I did a listen-through. I feel like it's the first song on the album that's extending its hand to me. I, I love the not letting the bastards get you down part. Yeah. But yeah, I... I think this is uh, on the upper tier, upper scope, or whatever you want to say of the album.
2: It kind of surprises me, because I, I actually thought you would not like this one, Logan. I don't know. I didn't like this one very much. Uh What? Yeah, I don't know. It, it, you, you said you the, some of the noises were some things that bothered you earlier. I wasn't bothered by the noises earlier. This was the one where the noises started to bother me a little bit. <laughs> it just, <laughs> just sounded so like, I don't know, there was something about it. It was like stomp or something, you know. Um, the line that really throws me in this one is the line about UFC rookie. And the reason it throws me is because so often Fiona is like timeless because her lyrics don't touch on like super current things, but like some reason touching on UFC just like throws me. Cause I can't imagine Fiona Apple being <laughs> into like, you know, that Big kind of fight thing. fan. Yeah, and it just it it's like immediately is I'm like, whoa, wait a second. Did Fiona make a reference to something that's super current? That just although you there's have,
0: gotta be a story behind UFC's that one probably knows. been
2: around for like 35 years. Yeah. So I I'm I'm probably uh, out of touch here. But yeah. Uh yeah, this one I just I don't know, didn't grab me. Although I will note, I got more Beach Boys vibes, you know. Uh when the strings mm. come in and some of the melodies, I I got a little bit of smile era You know, Beach Boys vibes, you know, the same way Brian Wilson would play with all the different literally sandbox, you know, play with all the little stuff. I kind of got that vibe slightly. Uh, I did wonder, is this the happiest song on the album? It feels the most (laughs) kind of joyous and and happy of everything. Uh, It's not like I hate myself. It's not like you're a great person. Why are you with me? It's sort of like, let's have fun. You know, surprised you don't like it. I just I mean I don't hate it. I, I He hates it, joy. <laughs> I hate joy. Give me the hot piss again. Uh it's it's uh it's not like my least favorite on this album. Uh not to tip my hand to, to my skip it, but sounds it's, like it's it. not that, but it's just it's not a top tier for me. Um as much as as it is for you guys. Matt, what do you think? Where are I, you falling in the spectrum of opinions? I, I
4: think One's reaction to the drum beat or the 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 kind of noise beat is gonna have a big factor or play a big factor in in how you think of this song. I like it. I think it's a really strong track. I'm I'm drawn to the really long, um, chord you know kind of chord phrases that she that she does over the, and then we can do anything we want and and she repeats that on and then on the very the very last one where previously she'd been going to like a, a a two minor she goes to the the five and you can kind of hear it resolve back to that uh oh I'm I I forget which it is now but you know it it kind of gets that that major chord feeling uh back into it on the very uh, on the last time she goes through the and then we can do anything we want uh part I like kind of the juxtaposition of of the well, it, I, I I like the theme of growing up, uh, cause I, I think a lot of this album is about that and, and I think it, um, it works here. Uh, I, I also, Josh, um, if I had one complaint, uh, the, the UFC rookie line, uh, you know, does kind of take it out. Um, I really liked the, uh, reflecting the longest wavelength. Uh, she's talking about her cheeks. So she's blushing, uh, that, that's just a really interesting way to, uh, to put that. I, I think, huh. um, the uh the you guys were hearing um beach boys i i for some reason uh got simon and garfunkel vibes uh on, on that uh bastards uh don't cecilia? Let the bastards get
2: us down oh i thought you're gonna say cecilia cause well, cecilia has that like tinky kind of uh drumbeat kind of thing going on tinky.
4: yeah that, that's that's a good thought i i tinky. uh i was thinking yeah, on the tinky. the other part um just kind of the the chords ha- have that that feel to them but yeah C- uh, cecilia's uh, a, a pretty good pull as well but um but yeah i i think this is this is really strong and, and i i think uh regret and this really kind of form the 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 core uh, of the whole album
0: all right hot so take, on to the hot knife. hot takes hot knives or well, that's knifes is not even a word but track <laughs> 10 is called hot knife
5: I'm a hot knife, he's a pat of butter. If I get a chance, I'm gonna show him that he's never gonna need another, never need another. I'm would a hot can. knife, I'm would a hot can. knife, I'm would a you hot knife, come he's a pat me. of butter. If would I get a chance, I'm gonna show him can. that he's never you gonna. Can.
0: Apple said the roots of this song come from two places, a Bach concert she saw in New York and the Supremes song, Where Did Our Love Go? Uh, Drayton and Fiona play the timpani first. He then told her, you need to say something on the piano. So she laid the piano line down that, that comes in later in the song. Regarding lyrics, she'd apparently jotted them down on the back of her invitation to Barack Obama's inauguration in 2009. Interesting. While watching a David Attenborough documentary on nature. Okay. For the vocals, so her sister joins her again. I don't think she did that since "Title." Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Maud Maggart is the one doing those high harmonies, um, blood harmony. There we uh, love that. Uh, there was no there was no auto-tuning or looping instead they okay th- this this is wild to me and hard to even believe they apparently stood face to face her and her sister at one microphone for hours while they sang the lines in harmony fiona would call this the most intimate moment of our lives together damn uh I'd like to know how technically that works <laughs> <laughs> standing standing face to face where they where they sing directly into one omnidirectional mic. That's that's the kind of stuff that interests me. But then yeah, there's the whole
2: emotional. Now thing. who's a nerd?
0: Um I didn't know this until like literally a day or two ago. Uh there's a music video for this directed by uh Paul Thomas Anderson. So He's back. Uh, he he's he's back in our life just like da- uh, Dave Blaine uh Maude is in the video it starts out with uh it's, it's literal she's playing the timpani uh the song's only percussion other than the few piano hits i think it's a pretty cool video uh, even though it's just extremely minimal shots of like them singing into each other's faces and the the frame is all split up it has a really cool look to me it's a weird track as i as i said early on it's an interesting coda type song to the album so following that that great penultimate track anything we want this is almost like a stinger or coda on the end it sounds kind of it sounds raw and primal with that timpani banging throughout the whole thing it sounds like a chant and there's there's like nothing other than vocal and timpani and and then a few chords banged out it's interesting how there's like uh the vocal round round singing like that that technique um where the lines are overlapping it sounds like a could be some weird old standard or something, but it's not. Um, it's just a very simple formula. Very, It's like just a few lyrics repeated over and over and over. Um, I, I don't know if we ever named it before, but I call, I'm call i going to call it the Apple flutter, which is the very fast vibrato she does with her voice. For instance, when she says the word I'm, going into I'm a hot knife, she does that. I can't begin to do it, but the very <laughs> fast Vocal flutter on the vibrato, uh, always impressive. How, how much control she has over it. The song's got a hypnotic quality. It's weird, but hypnotic. It's a weird closing thing, um, and I I think I like having the extra track that we're going to talk about as a closer. But um,
2: yeah, yeah, technically this this closes the album out. Um, yeah, it so it's does. the Final track. Um, it did, did on the
0: vinyl. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm intrigued to see everyone's thoughts on this one because this is one where it sounds so completely different than the rest of the album, but I also can see how it's of a piece of the album. Like it's it's very percussive focused, which is what yeah. the kind of sound of this album is, but it just, it's, it's different. Um, it's almost like the role of a drum and a piano are flipped here. The drums are the main instrument and the piano is accompanying it. Um, but the real star is the vocals. I mean, as you discussed, mm-hmm. like that is, what is the kind of thing you remember about this song? And I really enjoy the vocals for the most part. The harmony, I noticed, were recorded very kind of close. And I don't know if dry is the right word. Whereas like when she says the line, he excites me, there's like a slight room echo to it. Um, We are back, by the way, to the piano chord thing. The sparse four chord (laughs) kind of thing that she does. Uh, My only real complaint about this one... Is man does she drive this into your goddamn skull? Uh by the end yeah. of the song, you're like, How many times are they gonna say this? It reminded me, Logan, of the version of Longtime Sunshine on the deluxe Pinkerton version uh weezer you know i'm talking about logan yeah like how the they do that round at the end that just goes on and on and on like it felt like that a little bit to me at the end where i was like okay they're gonna keep saying this keep saying yeah this. but they all um, say
1: different things each each round though there's like four different songs you, in that round
2: are you talking about a long time yeah you're yeah, right you're this right this is just this the is the same, same line over and over again mm-hmm. uh yeah i the other thing i was gonna say about this one though is I don't know if it feels this way to anybody else. This feels the most produced, like the rest of the album sounds so like it could be done in someone's living room. And then this one sounds like it was definitely in a studio. Um, I don't know if that hurts it or anything, but it just, it it adds to that kind of how it sounds different than everything else. But overall, this one's just too weird and off kilter for me not to smile at and enjoy. So I I enjoy this one. It's a thumbs up.
4: Yeah, I, I do as well. Um, I can't uh let let us pass uh, without noting that um i I hear those timpani and I think about um I'm gonna have to go jump on a little chain and board a, f- a flying gunship in Mario three. that's just what, the, what those timpanis, uh, <laughs> oh my God s- sound like to me um I, I didn't know that that uh that that her sister was also singing on this uh th- that's really interesting obviously uh the the really interlocked vocals um steal the show here one thing that we we haven't really talked about um is you know th- this this is a very it's it's a very sensual record and and I think that that's kind of the you know brought to a close here you know uh, obviously there there's sexual imagery with with the hot knife and the butter and you know last song we were growing up and taking our clothes off and we're, we're grabbing on to Jonathan's forest chest. Um, it's horny. Yeah. And I think it's a really interesting kind of examination of, of, of that sensuality. Um, and somebody talked about dun- dun- dun, before, uh, yeah. the, um, you know, that, that really comes out for me here. You know, she's talking about the cinema screen, cinema screen showing a dancing bird of paradise. Uh, I just thought that was a really interesting, uh, image, um, the Genesis rhythm is, uh, is also, you know, sensual and, and, and an interesting, uh, you know, lyrical construction. Um, they, they do some major to minor and minor back to major things with the piano that, that I thought was, um, was kind of neat and fun. So I, I think, I think this is, yeah, a, a neat little fun confection. Yeah. I, I, agree. It's, it's more produced than, than, than some of the other tracks, but, uh, I, I, I think it, it sits well, uh. At the at the end of the record. Nope. 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 <laughs> nope. 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 No? Nope.
1: nope. <laughs> I can't do this one. Uh I like the drum intro, but the lyrics and the butter thing. Nope. Not working for me. <laughs> the but- I don't the I butter don't, thing bothers me? I don't you? like it at all. This is Fiona Crapple. Uh he's a pat <laughs> of butter. <laughs> oh. No. Ugh. It's mainly rhythm and vocals, which is an interesting take, but lyrically, I want to bang my head against a wall. What is she doing? Is she just holed up somewhere, taking too many drugs, and to decide to record an album herself in a closet somewhere? Like I don't think it sounds overproduced at all. I think it sounds like she's like in someone's like loft apartment or in a closet or something. Uh and here here's the real travesty here, and Josh kind of touched on this, that this is a damn earworm. Like And I hate it. I hate (laughs) it, especially the end. Too much. Ugh, gross. Uh, Worst Fiona song thus far, two thumbs down. Really? Whoa. I hate this song. This is ugh. More than
2: anything on... More than Paper Bag? You didn't like Paper Bag either.
1: I didn't like Extraordinary Machine. This is worse than that. Yeah, that one. This one is is
0: so much weirder than everything.
2: It's very different.
1: Well, it's just the the whole... The pat of butter and the knife thing—it, it, I just don't like it. Don't. It bothers you. It does. Is it—is it too too horny? Is that it? I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> I mean, I—it crossed my mind at one point, but it's like I don't even care about that. Like I can't even. It's just gross. Like yeah. I don't like how it's repeated, and it's just too weird and goofy for me, and I just can't do it. It's just off-putting. <laughs>
2: He's lactose intolerant. He doesn't uh, like the powder.
1: I never want to hear that song
2: again. Um, <laughs>
0: uh, well, if it means anything, I, I I expected this song to be completely polarizing. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: but we got one um, more. That's the end of the album. So, but there's one more.
0: So uh, yeah, uh, it, it's not the end if you don't want it to be. There was an iTunes bonus track, and now it's on all the streaming services. Though it was not on my vinyl. It's a little jingle for Fiona Apple's favorite club, Largo. Largo,
5: Largo, Largo, Largo. over the rainbows to find Good luck, good luck, Largo. I'm hopping scotches with Loretta and Bababa, barely containing my rapturous song. John's calling names here like standards, standard reindeer on Palmer on Lee's.
0: So, the song is about the one place she didn't mind going during this time period uh, Club Largo in Los Angeles. Um, there's a lot of names thrown out here, obviously. Um, we have stories behind some of them. Ellen uh, was a former bartender of the Fairfax incarnation of Largo. I guess there are multiple locations it of the moved, place. I don't know. I think, yeah. Okay. I, uh, I've never been there, um, I just hear people talk about it. They won't shut up about it. In fact, everything's everything's Largo with these uh, with these LA types. Anyway, Mark. Okay, Flan- she says Flanagan. That's Mark Flanagan, the owner of Largo. She says Guillermo. Maybe that's the door guy. I'm not sure. She says John is on. That's obviously John Bryan. He has a Friday night residency there. As far as I could tell, he still has a Friday night residency at Largo. Not really sure if that's changed in in recent times uh palmer's apparently amanda palmer of the dresden dolls that was on genius um sarah and sean are the watkins siblings of nickel creek and the watkins family hour lee i i forget how she says it now lees or lies is uh greg lies who we talked about earlier the studio musician who does the great lap steel on the first couple albums i think uh so the Piano is extremely saloony, which is the most appropriate sound I think you could have for a jingle about a bar. Um, so it's got like dark verses and then into very light, light sounding choruses, which is a nice little jaunty structure for a jingle. Like that traditional commercial. Are you feeling down?
2: <laughs> well,
0: uh, well, go to Largo. Um, and I can't get over the simple. <laughs> some people probably think it, it's so stupid, but um, go to Lar, go to Lar, go to Largo. It, uh, gets me. I don't know when over the rainbows too far. It's it's Cheers, but it's not. It's Largo. <laughs> when she says when i want to die i'm like damn this is this is dark uh the album is as dark as it is light at, at different times uh or the the song rather and she longs to be performing with the rest of the people on the stage it's weird okay so mr tench she mentions is Benmont Tinch, tench uh keyboardist and member of the heartbreakers tom petty and the heartbreakers she says when he's on the bench she wants to be the piano which is a weird thing talk about corniness. Yeah. Oh, oh. come on yeah yeah um so he's a pat about it, interesting butter. it's shut up it. josh <laughs> shut your mouth uh, i think
1: it's. <laughs> i think
0: your damn i mouth. think it's pretty it's a it's a very well sung pretty little bonus song to me this song gets a free pass
4: i don't, I don't really have a lot of notes on this um yeah i, I uh, also picked up on on the the bin montench uh, shout out um go to Lar, go to Lar, go to Largo is a, a great little, um, I, I would, I would say overall, I would, I would classify this song as a ditty. Um, <laughs> and, uh, it, it's fun. Um, you know, it, it is, it, it does kind of alternate that, that very somber, uh, more, more low, low register, um, verse piano with the, with the very kind of angelic, uh, chorus, um i i think it works i you know i i'm i would be interested to know the thought process behind whether or not to include it on the album uh or, or why it was just a um just a uh, an itunes bonus track but um but I, i'm glad to listen to it either way
1: yeah i i like the song um it has passion uh there's some more melody and it's not so frantic and all over the place it it sounds kind of different from the rest of the album uh it's short by the time i start to sink my teeth in it's over with so i don't know i wish it was a little bit longer i like the opening piano part quite a bit I'm not sure what the extra noise is, but it's a little distracting. It sounds like someone's chewing on nuts or food or something. I don't
0: know.
1: <laughs> Her voice I didn't catch that. Yeah, there's just something going on in the background where it's like, God, is someone chewing on some shit or what? Jeez, shut your mouth. I don't know. Her voice sounds pretty good nuts. here. Uh I think the chorus is cool and the lyrics are are very strong. The first time that I, I started to write notes for this song. The, the album wasn't doing so hot. I'd only liked like two songs. And uh, I was like, finally, oh a good song. Holy cow. <laughs> I, I said, I feel like I could have summed, summed up this whole album into this song, uh, but I don't feel that way anymore. Uh, I've, I've changed my my thoughts quite a bit. So uh, yeah, I like this track.
2: Uh, yeah, I, I enjoy this one as well. Uh, I don't have a ton to, to add to it. I think Matt diddy kind of sums it up but i will say well and this is one thing nobody do you guys think it would fit on the outlet? Like, because i'm not sure it would fit on this album like only only as a stinger yeah it, it I'm i guess glad it is it of was. the same yeah i guess it, it is of the same time period it just i don't know it feels a little different i guess it doesn't have as much like percussive random noises happening <laughs> as the rest of the album except for somebody chewing nuts in the in the background um, the biggest thing with this one, as I put it, has warmth to it. Like you can feel the—I've never been a largo, but you get the warmth of that—that that idea of like this is a safe place for her. She feels like and it's the
0: Cheers theme song. <laughs> it gives you that same feeling <laughs> do, in your belly. Do, 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 do.
2: Yeah, it, it's—it's just—it's—it's it's warm and it, it's loving, and and I appreciate that for sure.
0: Right. Well, that was the idler wheel. Let's let's waste no time here. <laughs> Yeah. My banger is a toss up. I I, I should come. No, I'm going to say, honestly, I'm going to say every single night. <laughs> if you ask me tomorrow, I'm probably going to say anything we want.
2: Interesting. I, so yeah. I've been listening back to all our previous banger choices, uh, to put together a, a little playlist on Spotify, which, uh, we'll probably link to at some point. Um, but in that listen through, I found that uh, at one point Logan said about the second Heim album, this is a bangerless album. I kind of feel this way about this one. I feel like there's not really necessarily a banger on this album. Okay. <laughs> like, well,
0: I feel that way too. Yeah, but I, yeah,
2: I, I, get what I know. I, I ultimately said regret uh, as sort of the closest <laughs> I could come. Uh, but I just don't know if there is one on here that, like, you know, I would play to get the get the people going at the party, you know? <laughs> like I don't know. What would you play? Matt, what do you think? Is there a banger on this album? Am I miss is it am I missing the forest for the trees?
4: My banger is left alone. Um I, I, I think those uh the really jaunty drums really, you know, kind of really shine the most on that one. Uh did we mention that uh that Charlie Drayton was also in the Divinals? I, I don't remember yeah. if we okay I uh, guess I didn't catch. He's, that the he was thing,
2: married but... to the lead singer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
4: But uh, but yeah, Le- Le- left alone is my banger. Uh, Got to have those brushes. I thought
1: you didn't like yeah. that song as much. I thought you. I, I'm surprised by that one. Oh, okay. Um, so my banger is regret. I th- I think that's uh, if I had to pick because I originally was kind of thinking there's not really a whole lot of bangers on this album. Uh, yeah. But I would I would go with regret. The saddest banger we've ever
5: had. (laughs) (laughs) Regret.
0: Okay. This one's easy for me. Don't sleep on Werewolf. I love it.
2: I I uh, went all around on this one. I had like several different, but I'm actually gonna go with Regret as well. It's my banger and my Don't Sleep on It. Oh,
0: you can't do that. Yeah, you can.
2: All right. Did he
0: just... I don't I don't do know, know that that's ever been done. Has that ever been done? I don't done? think I don't is know. unprecedented territory. I, I, I just
2: now. recently <laughs> have listened to every episode of How this podcast. How can it be think a, a banger
1: and don't sleep on it? Okay. Because Whatever. it's
2: a banger not many have heard.
1: Uh, okay. You know? You know what?
0: Matt? We, we make up the rules as we go. <laughs>
4: uh, I, I initially also had regret as as don't sleep i don't know that it's possible to sleep on regret uh with i think it's the strongest song on the song on the album if not necessarily uh a a banger in and of itself so don't sleep on the next track uh anything we want uh you are correct i said anything
1: we want good one okay um
0: weird A bad bad position for a skip it track, track two, uh, I'll say Daredevil.
2: Mm, I might be on the periphery of this one, but I'm going periphery.
4: <laughs> okay. uh, I'm skipping the third track, uh, Valentine. Uh,
1: there's no doubt about what I'm skipping. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: it's
4: hot knife. Uh, Logan's done.
1: Never again. <laughs> Straight to Largo straight to hell <laughs> tell you what
0: i'll drop i'll drop in straight to hell piss me <laughs> off on, baby, me. all right i got a pitch for cover largo but it's outland
2: <laughs> so go to out spare, go to out let, go to
0: Outland. no Doesn't no quite work. no oh you got it okay let's go out let's go out let's go outland something like that okay
2: you got to replace it with all like local people's names outland by the way for listeners is the name of a local
0: it's the place place where we've all probably played the most shows <laughs>
4: dozens and dozens
2: of places. uh so man cover is such a hard one for this album like i'm trying to think if any of these yeah, songs no would shit. make sense in like a rock band arrangement or anything uh i did have the joke answer here that logan's gonna hate of hot knife but it's matt Jesus nice <laughs> each other's <laughs> face at a single microphone My fucking god
4: <laughs> <laughs> but Shit.
2: obviously not would. real you'd,
0: you'd be driven insane oh I, I don't Lord.
2: know man i went with i guess regret again <laughs> josh oh, can't answer away. to all all four regret no all it's the banger it's the don't sleep on it it's the cover it's The skip it no it's not the skip it i don't know what did you say matt what, what's your cover I, I can't think of anything for this album
4: I, I would also like to cover regret i think it's very coverable um I I think it would be a lot of fun, uh, and and would would be suited well. Who who's gonna growl? <laughs> I I want to do. You don't necessarily have to do, emulate every. <laughs> okay.
1: You guys aren't gonna like it because we never pick the same covers. Uh, but I want to do mm. a more like souped up rocker version of Periphery. Like I think that could work. <laughs> I I would do it. Yeah.
2: We could make it better. Since it was my stupid. <laughs>
0: uh, as long as I get to rip some duct tape off of something.
2: <laughs> um, All right. Overall take. So I was,
0: I was gonna make a a new drop, and I I think I'm going to. That is final thoughts. So uh, final final countdown. The final. But I need something that that says thoughts. Anyway, hmm. I'll, I'll try to put that in here. Uh. So as far as media ratings, I did, I did want to point out before giving my final thoughts and rating. Uh, Pitchfork, who fucking love Fiona Apple albums for the most part, gave it a 9.0. Enemy gave it 8 out of 10. Uh, AV Club gave it an A. And on Metacritic, it has 89 out of 100. This one, obviously, it's different. It's experimental and it's a difficult album. Um, it's the first album that's not even trying to be orchestral John Bryan type stuff, like Extraordinary Machine was, like a facsimile of you know stuff that John Bryan had already done with her. This is an entirely new direction for her, but still undeniably Fiona Apple. Somehow, uh, this is Fiona raw and unplugged. It's like if if when the pawn was never mined, then maybe this is the unplugged. Um, there's no commercial appeal, and I respect that the audacity to set out to do that with an album. Um, I also I lean toward respecting experimentation and trying new things, um, even if people don't always like those things. Uh, it doesn't bang as hard <laughs> as we were saying. Hard to find a banger. It doesn't bang hard as the three previous albums. No denying that Um, it's its own thing has a lot of technical merit. And I find the minimalist production to be beautiful. Um, And I I think it's good to get away from the big sounds and all the production of contemporary music. Um, It's a nice little 10 song escape to me. Um, And I think it's a good record to listen to top to bottom uh, you know, without any real club bangers that you're gonna e- extract for your playlists, you might as well just listen to it as an album. Uh, it's not the most exciting thing I've ever heard, but I do have a lot of respect for the, this beautifully and simply made album. So, uh, my final rating, <laughs> uh, my rating scale now, Logan's gonna hate. My final rating is four out of five hot knives, and it it's quite a different four. From the four that I gave Win the Pawn, but somehow it is a four nonetheless.
2: So I, I think I'm have a similar read on this one, Blake, to you. I, I put that you have to appreciate that it sounds nothing like a previous album of hers. Like i I like artists that do that. Every album Radiohead does that. You know, every album is a different album thing. Uh, and, and it's hard sometimes for that, for fans, because you get the album and you're like, okay, it's going to sound like the last one. And then it sounds something completely different. But then over time, you maybe get used to that. Of course, then you change on the next album. Um, so I, I like that. I appreciate that. I, I also noted that it's funny that Epic apparently didn't have a big problem with this one, whereas the story is they had a big problem with Extraordinary Machine. <laughs> Extraordinary Machine yeah. is like maybe more palatable than anything she had done maybe other than title. Um, I just find that interesting. Uh, this is not the album I would hand to someone if they had never heard Fiona Apple. This is like the last one you listen to. I feel like, (laughs) you know, if this is the advanced, advanced course, Fiona Apple, if you go through everything else and you're like, I still want more, this is the one to listen to. Uh, so I don't know. I I think I didn't like it as much as Win the Pawn or Extraordinary Machine uh, as far as how it fits with title. I think title has better songs. I feel like this is a more cohesive piece, though, than title was. Uh, But altogether, I I kind of awarded some half points on some because I was like, okay, if I really like a song, got one point. If I sort of liked it, it got a half point. So then I kind of added up so Uh, Not Counting Largo, I gave it a 7.5 out of 10. I like 7.5 of the song, so 75%. Uh, Counting Largo, it goes up slightly to a 77%. But still, that's, you know, around, we could say, a 4 out of 5 White Dove's Feathers to Soak Up the Hot Piss. (laughs) Nice. Did I steal anybody's? I wasn't (laughs) sure if I was going to steal anybody's, but... No. Yeah, I'll go with... Actually, you know what? I'm sorry, I'm going to change that slightly 3.75 out of five okay white doves feathers to soak up the hot piss you were giving matt a hard time about (laughs) (laughs) because matt matt is like i'm gonna give it a four out of five one time for at the drive and he's like four out of five vans but then you also attach a trailer to the back and that counts as something i'm like what the fuck how do i put that in my spreadsheet
4: yeah it's pretty clear i'm i don't know how to be more clear
0: (laughs) you have a separate column for
4: trailers (laughs) um i think well it's pretty clear i think in in our discussion that i was i was quite taken with with this record uh and and that is that is indeed true you know everybody has been talking about you know it's a big departure from a previous work you know well, you had lush lush orchestrations earlier in, in earlier albums. Now you've got this, you know, really kind of sparse arrangement with just you know percussive piano and bowed bass, and then the the, the found sound loops and and the ramshackle percussion. Uh, Blake, you you had mentioned kind of never mind and and um, and, and unplugged. Uh, I kind of get a, a spiritual feeling of Led Zeppelin three from this, where you know you're taking a, uh, an artist is taking a step away from kind of their, their signature sound and, and doing, uh, doing something, you know, a lot different. I, I think this is even more different than, uh, than, uh, Zeppelin three was from, from the preceding two. but, um, I, I think it's a record of, about growing up and, and changing as we get older. Um, you know, everybody has to, has to keep their, their wheel spinning, you know, we're going around this we're spinning around the sun. the earth is rotating around. Um, I, I, I like the uh, um, the imagery of of rotation and 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 kind of you know maintenance. But within that, uh, we long to have a day away and not talk about anything. And you know the, that spinning motion uh, can also ca- you know cast things away or, or deflect things that, that that it that it comes into contact with. Um, I think it's her her most whimsical and and intimate work to date. So for me, I'm giving her nine half steps or a total of four whole steps and one half step uh, for Fiona Apple's The Idler Wheel.
1: Okay. Uh, so I'm I'm sorry to say, but I, I did not really enjoy this album that much. I feel like she showcases some strong lyrics and a strong vocal performance, although maybe not as strong as the last like few albums we've heard. It's more stripped back to vocals, piano, and percussion, as we've established, and, and that's not a bad thing. And I do kind of miss the instrumentation of, of Brian and, who's the other guy, Elizondo? Yeah. yeah. Um Elizondo. I've expressed that I I want her to explore more and try new things and she definitely does that on this album. So I and I can definitely respect that I'm the same way like I, I I love that she's experimenting. I'm glad that she's staying true to herself and I love the aspect that it's not a commercial, not, you know, made out to be this commercial album. So that's cool. It's just maybe not how I'd hoped that she would have gone into. It leans into kind of a anti-melody, kind of anti-hook, which again, I have interest in but i think the ratio of chaotic to melodic is off from my per- personal taste hmm. uh, it's just not an album that i'd really find myself coming back to a whole lot there are points that aren't too bad but i feel like i'm having dorothy gale's fever dream and not going to oz but ending <laughs> up in a ghost town where fiona hangs out in a saloon by herself and gets too drunk and stumbles into a drum set knocking them, <laughs> knocking them over and banging on the piano angrily and atonally but maybe munchkins come out and flap their hands and bang on bottles and make noises in the background. Uh, We're not in Kansas anymore with this album, but it ain't Oz either. I respect it though. I think it's probably better than I'm giving it credit for. It's a grower. So it takes several listens to really get it to click. So maybe it, it will change with me over time. um, If I ever do come back to it, but she definitely gets bonus points for exploring and making artistic music. So I liked about, I don't know, maybe about 7 out of the 11 tracks. Uh, that landed about 64% or about 3 out of 5 saloon werewolves. <laughs> yeah. That's a good
0: image for the whole thing, yeah. I think.
2: All right. Well,
0: All right. are well, wrapping up, next? It up, right? Four ratings. Um, next, we finally get to Fiona Apple's most recent album. That's Fetch the Bolt Cutters. That will finish off the fiona apple series until she comes out with something new uh nine years from now <laughs> so uh before yeah, that the
2: pregame what's the what's the pregame you i we don't even know what the pregame oh, is shit have you figured anything okay. out yet
0: yeah he, this was my idea okay Be- fetch the bolt cutters came out right as everyone was kind of going into lockdown mode mm-hmm. quarantine and then we were all in our homes and all of a sudden fiona apple's back what the hell I'll drop in, what the hell? Um, quarantine cuts. So maybe maybe we can interpret this different ways. But my thought was, tell me if this is too narrow. Albums released from quarantine. Uh, or, you know, they could be things that were released in 2020, er, 2020. There was a lot of great stuff that was literally made during lockdown or made in quarantine.
2: I thought you were going to say songs or albums that got you through quarantine.
0: You could do that. I'm just going to say quarantine cuts, and you
2: we're we're reminiscing interpret- on on a time that still has not passed.
0: <laughs> right, right. We're still in it. You folks. guys remember when we had COVID everywhere? Whew. Remember that? <laughs> well, now we got yeah. Well, now we got COVID point uh, two point uh, However, you want to interpret qu- quarantine cuts, I come up with the the catchy name for it, and then I think about it later. So don't miss that, and don't miss the uh, the conclusion of Fiona Apple. Then we can move on to, to another artist. So all right, yeah. Thanks everybody for uh, joining us on the Idler Wheel. Thank you for listening to More of That Presents discographology. We appreciate you supporting our show by subscribing, leaving reviews, sharing on social media, and contributing to our Patreon. We are on Instagram at More of That Presents. Twitter at discograph pod and Facebook at more of that band. We do playlists on YouTube at more of that presents discographology. Our original music can be heard on major streaming services and purchased at more of that.bandcamp.com. Check out the other great shows on the Ox podcast network like nailed a show where my wife and I go through the discography of nine inch nails. If you want to support us monetarily, subscribe at patreon.com slash aux audio there you can get bonus content like original songs from our show as well as all bonus episodes for aux network podcasts bonus discographology episodes con- available now also we now have discographology t-shirts for sale with a kick-ass design by philippe Sobrero. to order one hit us up online at any of the aforementioned places i want to thank josh logan and matt for helping me research An extra thanks to Josh for helping me write the intro script for this episode. For our research sources, see this episode's show notes. Thanks again, and as always, don't forget to listen to music.